Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to the, the, our starting text in this series called Carpos, uh, which simply means fruit, uh, the fruit of God. In Galatians chapter 5, pastors kind of kicked this off in, in, in a two-week process here and talked about love and talked about joy. And so in Galatians, it lists what he calls the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit of the Spirit. And so a uh, pastor laid out some Jewish calendars and some different things. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not smart enough to do that, so I'm just going to stay on my, my lane today. But uh, if you'll turn in your Bibles to, um, uh, to John chapter 15 with me, and if you want to go back and read the list in, in uh, Galatians chapter 5, you can do that. I pulled out notes from two weeks ago, so I'm glad, glad I had the right ones. But in James chapter 15, verse 16, and we're going to come back to verse 15 later, uh, Jesus said, everybody say Jesus. And Jesus is our leader. Uh, in John chapter 15, verse 16, he said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. Everybody say last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. But he made it clear, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. And so fruit is a part of the process of God. The fruit of the Spirit are foundational blocks that, the, that only come from God, that God releases in us to give us a foundation so that we're not just going through life, come on, guessing and going from trouble to trouble and moment to moment with any kind of assurance, come on, that God is working in our lives. And so he gives us what he calls fruit, and he tells us that, that we should bear fruit. The scripture says a good man out of, the good, uh, out of the good things of his heart will bring forth good fruit. Everybody say fruit. An evil man out of the evil, evil process of his heart will bring forth evil things. And so we understand the principle there, but what the basis is in, in God wanting to have fruit into you is he wants to reveal to you how good he is. And the scripture says that he's the high priest of good things to come. The, the scripture also says that, that, that it's the goodness of God that leads us, come on, to repentance. And so I'm really excited about this. You know, I don't know that, that 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have been able to preach too well on peace because I was so driven. I'm not sure I, w I was more works-oriented than, uh, than maybe, maybe fruit-oriented. Does that make sense? And so I thought I was living to try to impress God. And then one day I finally realized, hey, I'm not living to impress God. Come on, he found me. He gave his life. He's been moving on the earth for over 2,000 years. Come on, somebody. He's the lifter of our head. And so in John chapter 15, he tells us to bear fruit. Now, get this in your heart today that peace doesn't come. We're not just talking about rest of mind. We're not just talking about just getting through the situation. Peace comes only from one source. Come on. And that is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Come on. Our Heavenly Father. You can say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so it doesn't come in a bottle, it doesn't come in a relationship, it doesn't come by marrying the, you know, if I, if I marry this guy, he's going to fix me. If I marry this woman, they're going to fix me. Uh, it doesn't come through, you know, trying to strive or make the most money, you know, or anything like that. Peace simply comes from one source. It's a non-anxious peace, and it only comes from Jesus. Does that make sense? And so, so we're grabbing hold, and so love, listen to it this way, love opens up our heart to God. It lets us see the nature of God, the beauty of God, how much that he loves us, how good he is, how, how he was willing to step in and take our place, how he sent his only son. And so love opens our eyes, come on, to how great our God is and how much he loves us. Joy gives us the encouragement. 
It encourages us so that, that even when situations do look bad, there's an encouragement that's built within us. There's something in us that's bigger. There's something in us that gives us hope. And so even in the midst of trouble, we have an encouragement. We understand that God places joy. Wayne talked about well, a, a few minutes ago that the doctor's saying, hey, why are you responding this way? Well, the reason that he can respond that way is, is that way is because there was an inner encouragement from the Spirit, from the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody that allowed him to get in a position where even though the trouble is real, the pain is real, the sorrow's real, he knows his God is faithful. And so love opens, up, opens your eyes to how beautiful God is, to how, 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 how powerful he is. Joy gives you the encouragement, listen to me this morning, and peace gives you the courage to step out and do things you've never done before, even when you can't do it. Do you, are you getting that here this morning? Peace gives me the ability to step out into a different arena. So it's not just a tranquility, even though that's part of it. It's, it, it it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. It's a, it's a totality. It's a completeness. It's success. It's fulfillment. It's wholeness. It's harmony that only comes from Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. You know, in my life, you know, uh, uh, several years ago, three or four years ago, I made a decision that, that, that striving wasn't going to be my deal. I wasn't going to strive with people. I wasn't going to strive within myself. I was going to simply grab hold of how good God is, and I was going to walk that out. And so I, I used to, I, I would use excuses like, you know, hey, I'm sorry I'm being mean, but we're trying to get this done. Or I'm sorry, you know, hey, we want excellence, but we don't have any friendship. You know what I'm saying? And so in, in the process, I learned a long time ago that excellence without friendship, come on, is just self-promotion. Peace, though, leads you in the right direction. It leads you under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so peace gives you the ability not to have to strive. So you could take two gifted people, put them in the same room, and both gifts can work. You could take people with different mindsets, different opinions, people that don't even agree, and you can still love each other, and you set out in a true friendship. Everybody say friendship because of peace. But what happens is we get used to a certain pattern growing up or the way that we were raised or having to battle in a certain direction. And, and we get in these situations where we, we, we create habits and it's real easy to use Christian lingo with bad habits, right? And so we create habits and different things. And so, so I want to show you something this morning. If you have your Bibles, go to Zechariah with me, chapter one. And I was looking at this this week. I normally wouldn't go to Zechariah. It's not the first Bible chapter you think of when you think of opening your Bible, but it's a good one. And so verse, let's just go to verse 17. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 17. He says, again, uh, proclaim, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, or somebody say Jesus. He says, my city shall, shall spread out through prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion. He, he will again choose Jerusalem. And I want you to get something today. Prosperity simply means this, God's best in every area of your life. It means what I talked about a while ago, totality, completeness, success, fulfillment, wholeness, harmony, right? And so jump up to verse 18. This is kind of, this is kind of strange. If it was a, a movie, some of, you, some of you millennials would probably like this kind of deal. But, but verse 18 says, then I raised my eyes and looked, and the language is different. He said, there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? So that he answered me, these are the horns that have scattered. Everybody say Scattered. Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And so scatter is not a good thing, right? Four horns came in and they scattered uh, Israel, Judah, and Jerusalem. Now scatter could represent in our lives a lack of peace. 
It can represent a lack of knowing. It could mean that, 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 hey, things were good, now they're not good, everybody's scattered. uh, Scattered in thinking, scattered scattered in in, in morals, scattered in in the way that we function or the way that we deal with one another. Everybody say scattered. And I have good news for you today. That's not the word for us, right? And so he says here in verse 20, he says, then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. Everybody say craftsmen. And so get this in your spirit this morning that craftsmen represents a type and shadow. He's talking about Jesus who was a craftsman, who was a builder, who, 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 you know, his father was a builder, Joseph was a builder. And so he said there were four craftsmen. Everybody say craftsmen. And so he's talking about the spirit of the builder, because listen to me, the enemy comes to get you out of the fruit of the spirit. You can go to Galatians chapter five and look before it gets to verse 22 and you'll see the works of what the enemy's trying to do in your life. But in, the, in this context, listen, the enemy comes to scatter you, to confuse you, to walk, to take you out of the presence of God, to get you in a place of torment, of pain, of guessing. But listen to me, the spirit of the carpenter, the spirit of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the spirit of the one, come on, who gave his life, who is the ultimate builder for you and I, is working on our behalf. And he's just like he's working in what I'm about to show you today. And so the four horns represent, you can look at it in different ways there, and, my, and I'm just gonna give you my, my thoughts on that. The four horns that come to take away peace in our lives, that come to scatter us, to scatter our families, to scatter our nations, to scatter our churches. The four horns that come to scatter, and, and these are just mine, would be insecurity, desperation, selfishness, and confusion. Nothing good comes out of those four things. Am I right? Insecurity comes to try to talk you out, to get you in anxiety, to get you in a place that talks you out of peace, but God gives confidence. Come on, we have the spirit of the builder, right? Desperation comes to get you to search for means other than God, other than Jesus, to try to get answers in other ways or to get quick fixes or to get instant gratification in your life or just to kind of go through the motions of of. Of, of life, hoping something works out. Desperation never leads you to a total place of peace. It always leads you opposite. Now listen to me, and I've made some dumb decisions in my life. I can, I'm saying that by experience, right? Desperation always talks you out of the will of God. These are just thoughts. These are things that scatter you. Number three is selfishness. We know that, that Jesus is a giver. He gave his life. If we could deal with selfishness in our life, where it's not the all about me syndrome, right? And we deal with that, and we, we open ourselves up to genuinely care for God and genuinely care for others, then big things can happen, right? And the last one is confusion, because listen to me, God's not the author of confusion, right? God's not the author of confusion. Who is? The scripture says Satan's the author of confusion. Come on, God gives us peace that passes understanding. And so there's four horns here. Now, now go with me to verse 20. Then he showed me the four craftsmen and said, and he asked the question to the angel, what are these coming to do? And he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. So that no one could lift up his head. It's probably how the longhorns feel this morning, right? <laughs> and so he, he, he's looking at us and saying, you know, you, you, you've seen people. I, I've, I've, I've seen people when they go through something and they can't lift up their head because the pain is just, just so intense or the, the moments are so intense that, that we can't lift our head. You know, when I was coaching here at TLCA and, and, and the first two years were the hardest probably two years of my life because I'd never lost in, in things. I, I'd put my effort in and I'd make it happen. That was just, that was kind of my tenacity. 
And so Ron Lidbetter told me, he said, Coach, you might not win a game for five years. You're, you're in a building mode. And I thought, man, five years is a long time. Come on, my, I don't know if I can handle that. And so, but, but, but by year three, the first two years, lost 20 straight football games. I was telling somebody this week, they were like, this deal's too hard. I said, I lost 20 straight football games. It was a joke. I mean, people literally thought we were terrible. We knew where we were headed. We knew what we could do because we were builders. Everybody say builders. And it took a while, but the team got there. And, 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 and so building processes are tough. It's not always easy. Are you with me here this morning? But there were days I didn't want to lift my head. Come on. I wanted to hide in the office or I wanted to hide behind the corner. I'd wait till the teacher's lounge cleared and then I'd make a right turn. Come on, or left turn. Because there's things that happen in your life, come on, that are just out of your control sometimes. Think about this. And when that happens, listen to me, the enemy comes in to try to take away peace and try to scatter us with different thinking so that we won't lift our head because if we're not lifting our head, we're not looking up. And if we're not looking up, we're not seeing how powerful, come on, our heavenly father is in our lives. And so he said the spirit, so, so look at this. He said, he showed them four craftsmen, said, what are these? He said, these are the one that scattered, scattered Judah so that no one could lift his head. And maybe you're here this morning, I just have a thought. Maybe you came in the building today and may, maybe it ain't all going well. Maybe there's some things you've tried to do on your own. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe there's something lacking in your life. Maybe it's this peace we're talking about today. But I'm telling you today, you can go out of here, come on, with a different perspective and a different thought today. God can turn it around. And the reason is, is because the spirit of the builder is at work in here today. And the builder is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. So these are the ones that scattered Judah so that no one could lift his head. But the craftsmen, come on somebody. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them and to cast the horns of the nations lifted up their horns against the land of Judah and to scatter it. So listen to me. There may be some things that have come to try to scatter us. There may be some things that happen in our life where it just looks like it's over. There may be some moments where our head is down. There may be some times where we need to lift up our heads. But this says here that the spirit of the craftsman, the spirit of the builder is at work because Jesus is working. He's building our lives. Come on, somebody. And the spirit of the builder is at work in our lives. And it says that it counters it. Come on. And it scatters the terror. It scatters the, the things that come against you. Come on. That's why the enemy, the scripture says the enemy will come before you one way and have to scatter for, uh, from you seven ways. Come on, somebody. Uh, when, the swine came, when, the, when, when the swine came at Jesus or the, the people came and Jesus cast the spirits into the swine and they ran off the cliff. Come on, somebody. For a moment, the swine thought they were smarter than Jesus. But Jesus had a bigger plan, and so all those things come to scatter the peace that's in our life to get us thinking all, uh, alternative things, come on, that don't line up with peace that only God can give. I wish I could tell you it came in other fashions, but the fruit of the Spirit, come on, only comes from the Spirit. It only comes from Jesus. It only comes from God. I'm not going to defend that. I'm just going to present that to you. Come on. The helper, the Holy Spirit, come on, is at work. And he guides you into all truth, the scripture says, right? And so, so that, that just encouraged me as I read that, that no longer insecurity, confusion, desperation, selfishness, those things no longer need to be the, the factor in our life. And if we get to a place, come on, those things will come at you to try to shut you down. And the reason it comes is so that you won't lift your head. We, we got to make sure that in our lives that we allow the peace of God to rule 
Because when the peace of God rules, that even when things come at you, come on, it can't talk you out of the truth, come on, that God revealed that's in your heart. And so we hold on to that truth. Everybody say, hold on to truth. And so, so coming from that, listen, it, it, it puts us in a position where, where it keeps us from stepping out. And so listen, the first, the, the, the first time is the hardest time to do anything. You remember when you learned to ride a bike? You jumped out on that bike and, and, and it, it was tough. The first time is tough. And so, you know, who, whoever was trying to help you, more than likely you bit it, you fell on your face, you fell to the side. I remember for me, I drove right under a tailgate and took, took it right on the forehead because I was about that tall. And my dad said, get up, boy, you ain't hurt. And he was right. I wasn't. I was embarrassed. Come on. I couldn't lift my head because it swelled up that big. Just kidding. And so, so through the process of life, listen, the first time's always the hardest time. And so when, I, when, when, I, when, you, when you remember coming to church, some of you have been in church a while now, but do you remember when clapping your hands in church was a big step for you? And then you kind of looked around to see if anybody was looking. You know what I'm talking about? And then you, th- you threw in a clap, and you're like, whoa, I, I did it. First time. Now, now some of you walk in the building like this. Right? <laughs> and so, so the first time's always the hardest time. And see, we, if you don't have peace in your life, you'll never step out to do things that you've never done before. And so peace comes to give me the courage to step out into arenas and to places uh, that, have, that we've never been, to do things that we've never done before. And so, you know, the, the, the enemy comes to try to scatter the thought. And so some of you, you lifted your hands for the first time in church. And these, I'm just giving funny thoughts here. I'm not telling you how to worship. You do it the way that you and God feel like you need to do it. But, but there's just different things that we think that way. Or, or the first time, listen to me, you went from just a, a cup of Folgers coffee to paying $5 for a coffee. Now, for you younger generations, it's natural to you. You grew up with a Frappuccino in your baby bottle, right? <laughs> but for, for, for some of us, you know, you pay 50 cents for a cup of coffee at Stripes back in the day. Come on, somebody. And that was good enough, right? We lived on the good enough mentality. But, 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 the, but the first time they said, hey, this, this Seattle thing's coming to our region and now in our place, and now we're spending five, $5 for a cup of coffee, and that's the thing to do, Right? And so the first time was hard, and now we're in line every morning. Are you with me here today? And not only that, we're buying their $6 biscuits. Come on. And so, and so, so the first time's the hardest time to, time, time to do anything. And so I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're in here today. Maybe, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never opened the, your, yourself up to a new perspective where there's peace and where there's joy and where there's love. Or maybe you've never had the courage because of the pain that's operated in your life. But I got good news for you today. Come on, somebody. That because the peace of God is here to rule in your life and to rule in your heart, come on, there is a courage that's built up through the fruit of the Spirit to step out to do some things that you've never done before. Amen? And so, so, so we hold on to that, that deal because peace helps us. A lack of peace will talk us out of doing something new. And so I want to give you just a couple of peace thoughts, and then we're going to pray this morning because I'm still recovering from the Longhorn loss, I'll be honest with you. And so I'll give you some peace thoughts. Number one, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace is a part of, the, of God's building process. Listen, Jesus, I said it earlier, he was a carpenter, the builder. He gave us the fruits of the Spirit to, to be a foundation, right? I said this a while ago. And we're building a life, and listen to me, the fruit of the builder lives on the inside of you. This kind of came up in me this week. The fruit of the builder lives on the inside of me. 
and lives on the inside of you. So when, when things come at you, and they will, when things come at you, listen to me, it's not going to affect you the way that it used to. Because when things come at you, you have the fruit of the builder on the inside of you. And so you don't respond like you once did when you didn't have peace. And if you're, not, if you're here today, I'm going to give you something in a minute that I, I think can unlock the door to you understanding how powerful God's peace in, is in life. And I've been in a lot of conversations lately, and it blows my mind how many people struggle to understand how good God is. And I did too at one point. I, everything was like hard, so I, I give to try to get God's attention, or I, I lift my hands so that God will see me. And, and, and all of that is, is not true. Listen to me, God, God's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He ain't impressed when we lift our hands. Are you with me here today? It blesses him. But we're, our goal in life, he didn't say the fruit of, of trying to impress God. He said, this is the fruit that I'm giving you. Somebody say, he given me. And he gave it to me so that I could operate in what he already knew I could do and you could do. And so many times in life, we, we look at, at things that God has for us and, and, and it's really easy and I get it, some of you have been free from this thinking, but there's others in here that haven't. And so we find it hard. We, we, we think sometimes that it, it can happen for them, but it's not going to happen for me. I'm not good enough. I, I don't say the right amount of scriptures. I'm not as smart as that guy. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't have it all together. And, and, and you know, I look at me, I'm one of the d uh, dumbest people in the world, the way I view it. And, oh, don't confess that. I already hear some of you singing that. But Jesus can take something dumb. Come on, somebody who made some dumb decisions. He could spin it, put his fruit in it. Come on, somebody. And he can turn it around. It's called realness, right? He takes messed up people and operates in it. It's amazing, right? Thank you. I'm glad he does. Come on. So peace is a part of that building process. Number two, peace helps you in your decision making, right? Uh, Wayne talked about it a while ago. He gives, us, he gives us peace that passes understanding. And so several weeks ago, I was looking at a boat, a fishing boat. And so, you know, uh, Dennis called and Rex called and, and they started trying to manipulate me into buying boat. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pressuring, I'm just kidding. And so, so, they, so I, you know, I, and I took the bait, Kelly and I took the bait and got excited. And, but we were looking at one particular boat, and, and, and Rex asked me a question. My wife had some thoughts, and Rex's wife sent word that she had some thoughts on, on the boat. And they said, hey, you need to drive this boat. The guy said, I couldn't drive the boat. They said, hey, if he ain't going to let you drive the boat, you can't buy the boat. That, that's pretty much the word, right? But I'm still, because I'm a man, I'm still considering, hey, I could probably figure this out one way or the other. So I'm looking at this, this fishing boat, and Rex looks at me in, in, in his, his simple way, and, and he just looks at me standing like this. He said, do you have peace? And I said, no, I don't have peace. And he said, don't buy the boat. Come on, somebody. That's Jesus talking. I mean, that's that, God's that simple, right? And so we didn't buy the boat, but we did buy another boat. Come on. And it was the right boat, and we've been on it for several weekends, and my wife's out fishing me, to be honest with you. We went out yesterday. She caught 14. I caught nine, and... The old David would have struggled with that, right? But when you're, on, when you're on the boat and we're on the same boat, if she caught 23, come on, I caught 23 too. <laughs> you gotta find moral victories in things, are you with me? But you gotta have peace built into it. That's how I view it. And so Rex, Rex my wife, his wife, that, that, that helps to have those people and as simple ask the question. And because sometimes we don't, we don't stop because we want something. We don't stop to ask the, ask the question, is it good for me? Or do I have peace about stepping into this arena? Because if I have peace on it, I know God's hands on it. Come on, somebody. 
and, and it makes a difference in our decision making. Number three, peace frees you up so that you can step out into your purpose. I said it a while ago, peace gives you courage. It, give, it gives you wholeness. It gives you harmony. You're in harmony with God, and, and, and God's not hard to get to. All you got to do is invite him, right? All you got to do is, is receive him into your life, and most of you have, but maybe there's others here that haven't today. But, but it puts us in a place, there's freedom. Uh, it, it, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And the freedom doesn't come because, because, you know, because of us. The freedom comes because Jesus gave his life. And when we receive that freedom into our lives, come on, that fruit begins to take place. But, but peace is an indicator, so to speak. Peace is an indicator that you understand the freedom that God's given me. And it gives you the arena to step into any environment, any territory, any place, even in places where people don't like you or even in places where you feel uncomfortable, maybe you think they don't. They probably do. They're probably not thinking about you, to be honest with you. Come on, somebody. Most people are thinking about themselves. And so, but peace gives you the arena to step into those conditions and those places and, and, and with a freedom. So my, the viewpoint being, because I'm free, because this courage has caused me to step out into doing the, some things I've never done before or things for the first time or whatever, now that I have this courage working on the inside of me, even if they don't like me, come on, that's okay. It's okay, or even, even, even if, if I'm not you know, in a condition or a place where I feel like everything's working out the way that, that, that I want it to, I'm okay. I was talking to a staff member this week, and, 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 and we were in a, just a general conversation of just talking, and I said, what upset you the most? Is it that you didn't get your way? Or, the, or, or, or you know, did it have to be 100% of your way for you to have joy? And then they, they looked at me and said, I get what you're saying. Because there's some things that you, in, in peace that it's not always going to look good. It's not always going to be 100% of the way that you dreamed it up. And that's where I struggle with many times the way the word is taught. It, it, it's like, hey, do this, and this is going to happen. But when this doesn't happen, and there, you know, there's, there's, a, there's this thing in people where there's no peace, and, and they don't know how to respond when it doesn't all look like, like we think it should. Peace is the ability to look through a, da, a, glark, a, dark, a glass darkly, and still trust in Jesus, even when it doesn't mean, come on, even when it doesn't look like everything's working out the way that the promise says that it would. You ever got a prophetic word? If you ever get a prophetic word, then, then you'll know that. You'll, you'll get a word from God and think, boy, this is the way it's going to work out. It's going to be great. I better get me some new britches. Come on. Give me some new jeans because things are about to go this way and this way and this way. And then God takes you this way and this way and this way and this way and this way. Then he might bring you back here. And then, he, then eventually you're like, I see what you were doing there. Are you with me here this morning? So peace, but it frees you up. I don't have to sit and worry about how God works it out. I just have promises, come on somebody, that he will work it out, right? That's a good word. Number four, number four, and this is the last thing. Peace is an indicator that you understand friendship with God. Peace is an, under, an indicator that you understand friendship with God. John 15, 15. You can go there if you want to this morning. And... Simply put, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, he, says, he says to them, he says, I no longer call you servants. And he said, there's nothing hidden, come on, that the Father has shared with me, there's nothing hidden from you, really powerful. And so John 15, he says, he says no longer do I call you servants. He said that I call you friends. Everybody say friends. Amen. Peace is an indicator, come on, that we understand the friendship of God. And, and, and I've been really looking at this. And, and Marty and I had a conversation about this the other night that, that 
that this is the different avenue. Most people never get to a place, or, or many people, of understanding, come on somebody, that God is your friend. And, do, and because he's a friend to you, listen to me, he, there's, there's a time in, in the process where he fathers you, he mentors you, he takes you through things and, and walks you through steps to get, get better and get your life better. But people don't understand, come on, that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And, and because we don't understand friendship, I can feel the resistance right now even as I say this because we don't get it. Listen to me. My son's sitting on the front row. Caleb, wave your hand, Caleb. He's the one with the wavy hair right there on the front row. There was a time, listen, as a father, I had to teach him things. I had to teach him to walk. I had to teach him to, 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 to fish or to throw a baseball or, or, hey, don't stick your finger in that light socket because it was strong fathering time. Are you with me here today? And so there's things I'd say, hey, don't do this. And he'd say, why? And I'd say, don't ask why. No, that, uh, you can't do that with the millennials, believe me. Listen. And so at this point, they, you know, you say, hey, because it's going to harm you. And so you take them through the process. Hey, don't eat this. Don't, you know, don't, don't put your hand on snakes. Caleb would be kind of grab a snake and come up to you or whatever. It's just, and so he, he, and sometimes, you know, I'd coach him in baseball and things, and he'd care more about eating suckers on the front row sometimes on the, on the bench. And so he'd get all fired up. I'd be like, Caleb, get out there. You know, that was fathering, right? And so, but there comes a point, listen to me, and this is why most people don't, understand, don't have the relationship they should have with their kids or can have. But there comes a time, listen to me, where fathering should turn into friendship because the son will eventually become a father. And so there's a time in your life, and I know in our society, maybe we struggle with understanding that God just showed me this so powerfully this week is that because of the, 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 there was a time that I needed to check on him in that capacity, any of our kids, and say, hey, don't do this, I'm here for wisdom, and I still am. But now as adults, come on, we can get on a fishing boat together, or he can call and just say, hey, how you doing? Or I can text him and say, hey, what's up, man? Or let's go to a game, let's do this, because friendship is greater than rules. And if you can inspire somebody through friendship, you can help change their life. And our society today doesn't understand friendship. We understand excellence. We understand pushing. We understand, the, we understand that God is a, is a ta- that we think that God's a taskmaster, that he's hard, or he's trying to teach us a lesson. But listen to me. Church, God's ready to go from being just a, just a, a, ta- a person in your life giving you his wisdom. He wants to be a friend. He's ready to go from a father to a friend in your life. And when you open your eyes and you see, I said, when I see the peace of God, I see friendship with God. And some people go home every day and they're tired and they're weary and, 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 and they suffer this, this, this thought process that God cares about everybody but me. I'm here to tell you today, he loves you so much, come on somebody, that he gave his life 2,000 years ago. And he wants to have friendship with us. Stand to your feet with me this morning. I don't have to strive with people anymore because I just want to be their friend. I don't want to hurt others anymore because friendship is greater. It's longer lasting. I, I, I don't want to try to impress God anymore with our, my antics or the way that I look or dress or my giving or my this or my that. Because listen to me, he gave his life to set us free so that his fruit could live in us. He wants to be your friend. He want love. Remember, love opens you up to the heart of God. It opens your heart. Joy puts you in a position to, to, to be encouraged. 
And peace, listen, gives you the courage to accept the friendship that God came to give you. Are you with me here this morning? Lift your hands to heaven with me. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you. I ask you to open our eyes today. Open the heart of your people, Father. Let them see their good side. Let them see that love. Let them see that peace, that friendship. Jesus, you said we would bear fruit. You said that we would remain. You said that we would follow you. You gave us the power, Father God, to see beyond. There's those in here today, your hearts are locked up. You just can't see it. I'm believing right now that God is freeing your heart up. He's showing you his loving side. The pain you've been holding on to, the past thoughts you've been holding on to, the things that have locked your life up and taken you directions that you didn't want to go, but you ended up going there. I believe God is freeing you up today. Thoughts that said you can't do it. Thoughts that said you had no purpose. Thoughts that said you couldn't fulfill what the Father's placed in your life. Father, we thank you. And Father, I just ask you to break. We break those chains today. And Father, I ask you to reveal your friendship in a greater capacity. You said no longer will you call us servants. You call us friends. No longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. I got a word from somebody, somebody today with your kids. You're wondering why it's so frustrating. And even in their adult lives, why it's so frustrating. And it's so frustrating because you're trying to be their father. Come on, when right now you need to be their friend. I'm talking about adult kids. And so quit trying to be, there comes a point, listen, they're going to be changing our diapers. Are you with me here today? And so listen to me, quit trying to be their father. Now it's time to be their friend. You've been their father. God says, now it's okay. Now it's okay to be a friend. And so I just pray that today. Father, reveal the friendship that you had, Father, because sons become fathers too. Mm. Father, we thank you for the spirit of life, the spirit of liberty, the spirit of freedom, the spirit of peace that is helping people recover. We say COVID, COVID came and COVID showed, but COVID didn't stop what you want to do. We just declare today that you're still a God and through you we can do all things through Christ, through you who strengthen us. Father, we speak the life of your peace, Father. For some, you're in here, there's things that have been in you to do the, you know, and it's the first time you've ever done it or said it or stepped out. I just declare today, come on, that the spirit of the carpenter, the spirit of the builder is working on the inside of you. And as that gifting begins to flow, I just say, step out in the name of Jesus and walk into some new arenas today because the spirit of the builder is here working. Listen to me. And you have a friend that's gonna walk out of this door with you today. That friend sticks closer than a brother. And as you operate in that friendship with God, He'll begin to bring people into your life, opportunities into your life, people into your life. And he'll straighten things. He'll make the crooked ways straight again. And we just declare that the four horns, the things that scatter, the things that came to scatter us, Father, we declare they're no longer operating in our life. And I speak healing today because the spirit of the builder is at work. The spirit of the builder is at work, Father God. And we thank you, that is Jesus. And he's lifting us up. He's building us up. And he's taking us to where we want to go. Say this with me today. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Guide me and lead me. Father, we thank you. You've showed us love today. You've showed us how joy works. But today I receive your friendship, God. 
Today I receive your friendship into my life. Now just have a moment with God for a minute there. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus.